0: At the moment, there are, I'm not exaggerating, 140 business analytics programs in the world. Two years ago, three years ago, maybe there was zero.
1: From the MIT Sloan School of Management, this is Data Made to Matter. I'm Neil Hartman, and this is a special episode on education in the age of analytics. Big data is flooding the business world, and we need a new generation of business analysts to make sense of it. A report from McKinsey predicts that the US workforce will be short 1.5 million big data managers and analysts by 2018. That's a staggering number. MIT Sloan is rising to the challenge with our new Master of Business Analytics program, which launched in 2016. Later, we talk with an MIT Sloan alum about how his business school experience put him on the path to data visualization. But first, I spoke with Dimitri Bertsemus, professor of management. He's the driving force and the director for the new business analytics program here at MIT Sloan.
0: When I was younger, um, that's roughly 30 years ago when I started my career, my key objective was to impress my seniors and my colleagues, to basically illustrate to the world that I belong in the place. Today, and for the last several decades, maybe a decade or two, my objective is to develop knowledge that, in my opinion, matters. Uh, And the way I judge that is, does it have the ability, if it's successful, to change what we teach? And uh, many of the things I study often are very much influenced by the feedback I get from the students, because they pose questions I have not thought about, And this gives me opportunities to develop new knowledge that then comes back to the classroom. And I find this to be one of the most exciting aspects of being a professor in a research university like ours. And I
1: know that you have developed a number of courses that have been Offered here at MIT Sloan. Um, one course that I know you have also created is an online course that I understand has a significant number of participants. Can you tell us a little bit about that course and the design and how that works?
0: Yep, I started teaching the course, The Analytics Edge, which is now an elective for the master's uh, students at the Sloan School and a core class for the Master of Business Analytics. It is quite interesting that this class, as an elective, attracts of the order of 300 students, uh, which is roughly what the Sloan School class every year has. So clearly a large majority of the students take it. So based on this uh, success, I have decided to experiment with the online I call it revolution, potential revolution in education. I expected it would be not so difficult to take an already successful course and make it online. The experience was that this was a remarkably high level of workload. And I had help. I had uh, six of my doctoral students, exceptionally talented young people who helped and so forth. Still, for every hour I generated, I had to work about 20, 25 hours, uh, given that there are Roughly 24 lectures, you can see the multiplication. So we developed new material, and as a result, the residential class improved. Every year we attract, uh, it varies, but I would say 70, 80, 100,000 people every time. Not all of them finish the class, only 5, 10% finish the class. But the number of people who at least are exposed is is a very large number. I mean, I don't believe in my 30 years, cumulatively, I have educated Six seven thousand people, and only in one time I've done ten times that. <laughs> so, this is why I call it revolutionary. It basically reaches another order of magnitude of students. There's more to learn about uh, online education. Nobody knows exactly what would happen and what how would interact with residential universities. But th- this was actually the first class the Sloan School offered, and the eighth at MIT. I have learned quite a bit from it. i became a better educator. I'm glad that I've done it, even though the amount of work was monumental. And I would also like, if I may, an example of the the reach that it has. So last summer, I was in Poland for a conference. And a young lady, whom I did not know, an Italian, mid-30s, approaches me. I remind you, I did not know this lady. Hugs me. Thank you, Professor Bertzymasz. So I said, what? (laughs) I'm sorry, who are you? And she she tells me that she's an Italian uh, woman. She did a PhD when she was 25 in Rome. She had two children and then left the workforce for 10 years, then took my class, and based on this class, she actually re-entered the workforce based on this knowledge. And she was very appreciative of that fact. And another aspect, I got an email from a, a young Indian 19-year-old uh, person who, was in, uh, he, who grew up in the slums of India, and he took my online class in an internet cafe. They didn't have, he didn't have a computer. He aced it. In fact, I look back, he was one of the top uh, graders, and now he's employed in one of the analytics firms in India, in Delhi. So that's, I would say, something that suggests to me that uh, even though I work hard and so forth, it's worth the effort. Those are terrific successes and uh, a great example of
1: how remarkable it is the reach that many of the online courses have around the world in places that we might not ever know. Do you see the growing demand with companies worldwide for people with good skills in business analytics?
0: Yeah, the demand is skyrocketing. Uh, A good example is... At the moment, there are, I'm not exaggerating, 140 business analytics programs in the world. Two years ago, three years ago, maybe there was zero. So clearly, and the demand, I would not be surprised if we have an exponential increase in applications in the years to come. So I don't believe this is a fad. I mean, I have been a professor 32 years. There have been areas that come and went. I believe this is here to stay. Dimitri's online class, The Analytics Edge,
1: is currently available for the fifth time. The summer session started June 6 and runs for 12 weeks. You can enroll in the free course at edX.org. Our next guest, Ali Amasawi, is an MIT Sloan School alum and a data visualizer at Apple. His business school experience got him hooked on data visualization. And the student becomes the teacher with his new book, Bad Choices, which explains computer algorithms to a wide audience. Ali, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. You went through MIT's system design and management program. How did that program influence your professional path?
2: Uh, The program was wonderful. Um, uh, My cohort was made up of people who came from different uh, engineering disciplines. So I came from computer science. There were people who came from uh, space and hardware and, and all other kinds of disciplines. And so we learned tools, that were applicable to all those different disciplines. Um, And and I think that was the the, the most valuable thing in the program. We each uh, brought our perspectives um, to the classes and to the problems we solved, and we came up with solutions that were novel because we looked at them from different perspectives. So I'm grateful for that way of thinking that's encouraged in the program. You really came into the field of data
1: visualization in its early days. What was data visualization like then, and what is it like today.
2: Yeah, I remember back then it seemed very like a nascent field, although the field itself could be traced back several centuries ago, at least. But in its current form, it seemed quite nascent. Each person was defining it based on their own background. So journalists were seeing it as a way to use graphics to tell their own stories. Statisticians were seeing it as an extension of the work they were already doing, but uh, using a different platform designers, artists, so on, they saw it as a way of evoking emotion in a more interactive, more visual way. And so there was a lot of flexibility to define it in different ways. It seemed like an open frontier. You could try different things. Every time I went to a conference, people were talking about different ideas, defining the field in different ways. And I think um, things have, uh, have definitely coalesced now, six years later, but still I think because of the trends that we see in the wider digital world, The applications of visualization will no doubt change in the coming years because of those trends. Ali, you'll be very pleased to know that our communications group here at Sloan
1: has a new course for undergraduates called Communicating with Data. What do you see lying
2: ahead for communicating with data in business, and how do you think this will grow? Yeah, I think that's the most interesting question for me, really. It's communication. It's not really any of these other buzzwords, uh, visualization, data, data science. It's, It's really fundamentally about communication. How can you take something that's uh, inaccessible or or that's not appreciated by a wider audience and transform it in a way that it is appreciated and there are countless examples from history that where that happened so the one that comes to mind is you know the web browser in the mid 90s all of a sudden uh, netscape comes out with a graphical browser and a much larger number of people are are all of a sudden interested in this uh, thing called the web so i think it's the same with data you know as these applications of visualization increase in number it becomes easier to kind of use visualization to communicate various ideas. And I think whether it's in business or in any any other field, data does not always have to be a spreadsheet or a data set, um, as we might sometimes think of it. A lot of the time it's taking ideas that and just transforming them in a way that's sometimes visual, sometimes not, but it makes it it makes communicating them much more appealing. so your book is called Bad Choices. And the implication is that if we think more logically, we can actually make better choices. Yeah, uh, the book's title is uh, slightly provocative. The initial title was uh, Comparisons because that's uh, what you find in each of the 12 chapters. It's a scenario from everyday life and then various ways of achieving that uh, particular task and then a comparison of how the tasks fare relative to each other. But the title Bad Choices is also um, uh, relevant because um, if you look at the literature in computer science, you find that there is this talk of good and bad algorithms especially when it comes to efficiency. So algorithms that are more efficient are referred to as good algorithms, and those that are not so efficient are referred to as bad algorithms. So that would be the, the connection there. I actually
1: think your title, Bad Choices, is a terrific choice. Ali, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Ali al is an MIT Sloan alum. He's now a data visualizer for Apple and author of the new book, Bad Choices. You can buy Bad Choices at your local bookstore or online through Amazon. You can learn more about Ali's thoughts on algorithms, emotions, and work-life balance through his Reddit AMA. Data Made to Matter is a production of the MIT Sloan School of Management. We are committed to bringing together MIT's intellectual resources to help managers invent the future. You can learn more at sloan.mit.edu. If you like our show, please subscribe. You can leave us ratings, comments, and questions on iTunes. I'm Neil Hartman. Join us next time for Data Made to Matter.